Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Oakland teachers and their students returned to the classroom this week after a seven-day strike over pay and working conditions. Thank you for joining us today to celebrate this historic deal reached between Oakland Unified School District and the Oakland Education Association. On Monday, district leaders held a press conference announcing the deal. It includes a 10% raise for all OEA members, which includes teachers, school nurses, counselors, social workers, and other school employees. It also includes big changes to the teacher's salary schedule. Superintendent Kyla Johnson Trammell. It has always been important to me to move OUSD from a history of crisis towards a culture of stability and achieving quality for every student, family, and employee in our district. We have moved the needle significantly in that direction today. Beyond the pay raises, the union and the district also came to agreements on these so-called common good demands. They include support for unhoused students and families and improvements to transportation access and infrastructure, as well as agreements around black community schools and school closures. These were a big sticking point in negotiations. The district had basically argued these common good demands go beyond the scope of union contract agreements. The union thought otherwise. My colleague Natalia Navarro asked UC Berkeley professor Janelle Scott, who specializes in educational policy and African-American studies, to review the deal. And today, we're playing Natalia's conversation with Scott about her thoughts on the deal and what it means for students. We'll bring you that right after this break. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and 
I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. I'm joined now by Janelle Scott, a professor at UC Berkeley School of Education and expert in educational policies. We should say Scott is a parent of an OUSD student and also has a brother who is a member of OEA's bargaining team. Let's start with this deal. It has the potential to address a lot of different things, of course, salary raises for educators, but also more funding for the arts, more student support staff like librarians and counselors and smaller special education class sizes. Uh, What is your reaction to this agreement? Increasingly, um, what we are seeing in in many unions around the country as they renegotiate contracts are these requests for negotiating on what they're calling sort of common goods items. For example, in 2019, you saw the teachers union uh, negotiating on the need for green space at schools for children to have, you know, access to nature at their schools or in Chicago with the teachers union uh, negotiating on um, housing uh, for unhoused or housing vulnerable students. And so when we look at OEA's tentative agreement with uh, the Oakland Unified School District, we see similarly these common goods issues being negotiated and being brought to the table alongside with salary and stipends and uh, working schedules and and teacher-student ratios. And so I think that's what's uh, particularly interesting and compelling about the tentative agreement. Right. The union's common good demands in Oakland, like transportation subsidies for lower income students and using district buildings to shelter unhoused families became a major sticking point in these negotiations. What did the two sides agree on in these matters? The tentative agreement reflects some agreement and there's some things that will continue to be negotiated. So things around uh, early childhood education will be reopened for negotiating in uh, July. But we see uh, for the first time uh, the formation of a committee to address the needs of newcomer students in the district. Uh, These are students who are uh, who come to the district from other countries. And in many schools, you know, you can have upwards of 50 or 60 students at a time who are coming and not all from the same country, right? So different linguistic needs, different educational needs. And so for the first time, we see the agreement to have a committee to address the very significant educational, social and health needs of those students. We also see an emphasis on the needs of schools that serve high concentrations of black students. A couple of years back, the district passed a resolution that was an umbrella kind of description of Black reparations that had provisions, for example, for the eradication of school police in schools that were serving high numbers of Black students. 
What we see here is a continued emphasis on meeting the needs of Black students through culturally relevant pedagogy and through other mechanisms. For example, somewhat notoriously, the district moved to close over a dozen schools in the waning days of the most acute part of the pandemic. And now in this agreement, encoded into the agreement are stipulations that the district, if they are going to engage in school closure, that there be an equity analysis um, and audit that there is ample time for community engagement in the decision, so at least two board meetings that would allow for communities to come out and speak and engage with board members before decisions are made. And so these are some of the things that we're seeing codified into this agreement. And the idea here from the, the union's perspective is that these are sort of common sense things that districts should be providing uh, students that will help them to be successful in school and to be supported in their learning. And the district uh, believes that those things don't have a, are important, but don't necessarily have a place in a teacher union contract. Teachers in Los Angeles went on strike in March, and San Francisco teachers are currently negotiating a new contract, both also calling for these higher wages and smaller class sizes, among other things. Is there something that the state should be doing to better support schools? Well, I think in California, we've, you know, we've long known that our uh, per-people funding places us near the bottom in the country in terms of what we spend on our public schools. And so certainly our state aid is not as robust as it should be. The pandemic, I think, laid bare for so many of us how acute the educational and social needs of children are in our state. And when we no longer had schools physically open, we revealed kind of what students were lacking in terms of resources um, at home. And so I think that has really reinvigorated a conversation about what a really well-funded um, state system of education might look like given uh, student needs. Certainly, we want our children in California to be, you know, the best educated that they can possibly be. And so I do think we need to continue to look at our state aid, particularly in districts that have incredible uh, social and emotional needs. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. The last day of school for Oakland Unified is next Thursday, May 25th. We're also working on an episode with OUSD students to hear about what this seven-day strike was like for them. That was my colleague Natalia Navarro speaking with UC Berkeley professor Janelle Scott, who specializes in educational policy and African-American studies. Thanks as well to Juan Carlos Lara for producing this conversation. This version was cut by producer Maria Esquinka and scored by our intern, Jalen Herdman. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 